We're on Yevamos, the bottom of Tzadi Zayin Amabez 97b. And we are in the middle of the discussion, bringing proofs back and forth as to whether or not when somebody uh, converts, let's say two brothers, uh, they convert. So then could one brother uh, then marry his sister-in-law? Meaning, let's say they converted and then the brother, Reuven and Shimon, they convert. And then Shimon marries Rachel. If they get divorced, or let's say Shimon dies, could Reuven then marry his sister-in-law, Rachel? Nothing to do with Yibam, but could they get married? Why would you say you could get married? So as we pointed out in the last recording, uh, there's a principle on a biblical level of Gershon Iskar Kekatan Shinola Dami, that whenever a person converts, they're no longer on a biblical level related to their biological relatives. It's like they're born again. Uh, on a rabbinic level, so there's a rabbinic prohibition to marry your relatives. Uh, however, uh, the reason for that rabbinic prohibition is for is for one of two reasons. One reason is that we're afraid that people will get confused um, and think that uh, if you're allowed to marry your sister, so then they'll think that they're Jewish and therefore you're allowed to marry um, your, your two Jews would be allowed to marry, a brother and sister would be allowed to get married, they'll get confused and think that it's permissible not just for converts, but also for Jews. Uh, and the second reason is because they are entering from a, it sounds like uh, as non-Jews, there was a prohibition. There's a prohibition for non-Jews. Uh, Gili or Rios is a prohibition. Uh, adultery, incest is a prohibition. Um, so uh, maybe we'll say that uh, people, the, the convert himself or herself will say that, oh, we're, we're going from a more stringent form of Kedusha of holiness and entering into a lesser form of holiness by becoming a Jew. And so based on both of those reasons, they, uh, they, the rabbi said that there's a rabbinic decree that uh, you cannot, even a convert cannot marry his or her relatives. Uh, however, the one uh, case where it might be different, at least that the Gemara discusses here, is the case of your brother's wife. Why? Because it could be that, uh, according to some of the opinions, in uh, the comment on the Gemara, it could be that as a non-Jew, uh, there's no prohibition to marry. Uh, the prohibition is only to to marry blood relatives. But if it's through marriage, so then there is no such prohibition. So uh, even as a non-Jew, maybe there was no prohibition to marry your brother's wife, and so therefore maybe it's permissible even as a Jew. There's no such concern that you're entering into a lesser form of holiness because even as a non-Jew, it was permissible for you to marry your brother's wife after they got divorced or after your brother died. Um, so that, that solves that one problem. And in terms of the other problem of, of the fact that people will think that, oh, this must be permissible, so that maybe when it's two brothers uh, and let's say it's a case where it's two brothers and the father didn't, uh, uh, the father didn't convert, uh, sorry, where the mother didn't convert so they don't know that uh, they are actually siblings, um, and uh, they don't know, or at least they, they knew that they converted, and so therefore there's no concern that um, people will get confused when it comes to, to Jews. Uh, alternatively, it could be that according to one opinion of the Gemara, that concern about uh, getting confused with regards to Jews doesn't really, that was not a concern for certain Amorayim, certain rabbis from the time period of the Gemara. Okay, um, so that, that's, that's the reasoning behind to, uh, 
behind uh, the statement of Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, uh, who allows uh, marrying your your brother in law, your sorry, your sister in law, for a, a brother in law and sister in law to get married um, after they both convert, after both brothers convert. So the Gemara tries to bring a proof uh, in e- whether or not uh, it's allowed or not. So Tashma, we have the following Brisa. We're going to have three cases in this brisa. Case number one is uh, where we have two brothers who are twins, um, and they both convert. Um, and it's clear that uh, it's a case of it's a it's a case of twins who convert. It's clear that they're brothers because they they were they were twins. Um, <coughs> After they convert, and then let's say one of the brothers gets married. So let's say Ra- Shimon is is married to Rachel, and then he passes away. So there's no there's no idea of chalitz or yibum. Why? Because they're not related through their father. We said they might be related through their mother because let's say uh, they converted as twins. Um, but actually, in this case, they're not even they're not even related through the mother's side. This is talking about a case where two brothers who were twins who converted. And it's not that they converted as a fetus, but they converted later on in life. So we have two brothers who convert. They're not, they're not viewed as related on a biblical level. Um, and so therefore, there's no yibam and there's no chalitza because you have to be related. You have to be brothers on the father's side in order for there to be an obligation to do yibam or chalitza. But in addition to that, and this is the key point, as we're going to refer back to in a minute, there is no chiyav, there's no vi- biblical prohibition for one brother to marry his brother's wife after they get divorced or uh, after the the brother dies, there's no such prohibition of a shesach of marrying your brother's wife. Uh, at least there's no there's no punishment of death. So uh, that seems to imply that there's no biblical prohibition. The implication is that there is a rabbinic prohibition. It just says that you don't get the death penalty. The implication is, but there is some form of a prohibition, which the Gemara will get to in a minute. That's case number one. Case number two is Haisar Rosen Shalom Bikdusha Veleidasan Bikdusha. So let's say you have a case here where uh, we again we have the the case of these uh, twins, and but they were both uh, the mother converted while she was pregnant with both twins. So So in that case, again, there's no chalitzer yibam. Why is there no chalitzer yibam? Because even though they are viewed as related to each other from the mother's side, because uh, they the mother converted while she was pregnant, and therefore when they were born. They're still related to the mother, but uh, they are not related on the father's side. Even if they have the same father, biological father, because they're twins, it's clear that they have the same biological father, but uh, they have no connection uh, to their father, uh, as we'll get to in a minute, why they have no connection to their father. But they have no connection to their father, but they are viewed as related to their mother. So there's no, But there's no mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza unless your brother's from the father's side. However, in this case... There is a biblical prohibition for one brother, for Ruvain, to marry uh, Shimon's wife, to marry Rachel. If Shimon's wife is Rachel, there'll be a prohibition, a biblical prohibition for Ruvain to marry Shimon's wife, even after Shimon dies or after uh, they get divorced. And that's because they are related on the mother's side, because they were, they were, the mother converted while she was pregnant. Case number three is... The third case is, let's say, the mother converted, and then afterwards she gets married and she has twins. So then, in that case, it's like uh, any other case. It's like uh, uh, it's any other case, and certainly there's a uh, the, 
they would have the same father. There would be a mitzvah of yibam to do yibam or chalitza. Certainly, there's a prohibition to marry a brother's wife. That's just a regular case where you know, somebody converts and then they get married and they have children. So certainly, in that, those cases, those children are fully Jewish and they're related, both on the father's side and on the mother's side. Those are the three cases of the Mishnah. Again, first cases where you just have two twins who convert uh, after they were born, and then the second case is you have two twins who convert. Uh, they didn't convert themselves necessarily, but uh, the mother converted while she was pregnant. And then you have the third case where the mother converted and then afterwards she is, becomes pregnant and she has twins. But the main point here is Ketani Mias. We have in the very first case, Ein Chayav Mishasaf. The very first case is a case of two twins who convert. And we say that they, even though there's no Mitzvah Yibam or Chalitza, uh, but not only that, but uh, there's no biblical prohibition of uh one brother, Ruvain, marrying his brother Shimon's wife, let's say Rachel. There is no such biblical prohibition because Gershin is Gair Kikatan Shinoladami, that you are um, you're a new person, you're a totally to- totally new person. Um, and so therefore it's not on a biblical level your brother. However, Ha the implication is it doesn't say that there's no prohibition. There is a prohibition, it just doesn't get the punishment on a biblical level. So what is that prohibition? So that would be a rabbinic prohibition, just like any other relative for a convert would be a rabbinic prohibition. So it's over here, we find from our Brisa that there would be a rabbinic prohibition. So the answer is no. There is no, either, there is a, there, 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 there's no rabbinic prohibition either. So why does it use the language of chayavin, which implies only that there's no biblical prohibition? Because in the next case, it says that if the mother converted while she was pregnant, so then there would be, we would view them as related, and therefore there would be a biblical prohibition. So there it's discussing a biblical prohibition. So then in the first case, it just uses the same language that there, on the flip side, that there is no biblical prohibition, not to mean that there is a rabbinic prohibition, but it's just there to, to as a contrast to the second case which is talking about on a biblical level. So we, in the end of the day, we cannot prove anything uh, from that brysa. So we're still stuck with a question as to whether or not uh, one could, could a convert, let's say both brothers convert, and then one of the converts marries, gets married, and then that marriage ends. Could the other brother marry his sister-in-law? That's still a question, which we'll get back to in a second. But Rava comes along based on this Bryson has the following very important statement. Amar Rava. Rava says, Rava has the following important statement. We say that when it comes to uh, when it comes to the father for non-Jews, for non-Jews, when it comes to the father, uh, there's there's an idea that there is there is no father-son relationship. We'll explain exactly what this. Uh, we'll try to explain what this means uh, in greater detail in a second. Uh, but there is no father-child relationship when it comes to non-Jews. Uh, we don't define the person as the father. So then, what is that? And it's not because, Rava says that, how do we know this? It's not because we just don't know who the father is. We're not sure who the father is um, in, in, in any such relationship. That's not the reason behind it. Because even if we were to know, how do we know? Let's say they are twins in the times of the Gemara. Now we have DNA. Perhaps 
but in the times of the Gemara, they're twins. So if they're twins, so then we know that if they came from the same father, but still, even in that case, we will not view them as coming from a specific father or the same father. What's the proof to such an idea? The proof to such an idea was the Bryce that we just quoted. Because we mentioned that if you have two brothers who are twins, uh, it says that even in the case that, uh, that the mother uh, converted, and she converted while she was pregnant, so we say that the brothers are related through the mother's side. Once they're born, they're related to the, through the mother's side. In that case, we don't apply the principle of Kikatan Shinola Dami, that they're like born anew because the mother converted while she was pregnant, while they were still uh, as a fetus. Um, so we see that they're related from the mother's side, but we still say that they don't do Yibam. Why? Because they're not related on the father's side. Even though we know that they're twins and we know that they have the same father, they have the same biological father, but when it comes to the relationship between non Jews, the non Jewish father and their children, so then this is what Rav is saying, and we're going to qualify this in a minute. Uh, he's saying that they don't have that relationship. They don't have that relationship, and therefore there's no myths of Yibam Rechalitza because we don't view them as being brothers from the father's side. So that's what we see from the Brisa. And he says that this is even uh, coming from a verse in Yechaskel. Uh This verse in Yechaskel is uh, is just uh, a simon ledavar. It's just a hint to the fact that there's such an idea. There's such an idea that the children are really uh, not connected to their father. Now, we know that this is not true in all cases. We know that this is not true with regards to all areas of Jewish law. For example, we know that uh, children do inherit, non-Jewish children inherit from their father. Um, so we see that there is a relationship between a father and a child when it comes to Yerusha, when it comes to the laws of inheritance. We also know that uh, potentially that uh, this was a topic that we had much earlier, that if a, a father has children, uh, while they're not Jewish, before they convert, and then they convert. So it's possible they fulfill the mitzvah of pruravu, of having children, of t- to procreate from the, his children that he had before he converted as a non-Jew. So there is some sort of relationship between a father and his children as a non-Jew. So how do you exactly explain our Gemara with these other, other areas of halacha? So one way of explaining it, one potential way of explaining it is to say that uh, they, there, certainly there is a relationship, but the relationship is not one of um, she'er in terms of blood relatives to, cre- to create, not even though they're biologically related, but they're not viewed as relatives in the sense that it would create certain prohibitions when it comes to the laws of arayos, the laws of uh, not having relations with, uh, with your family of incest. So in that sense... Uh, the, the father is uh, not viewed as the father. And that's what Rav is talking about. Rav is in the context of um, a brother marrying his uh, sister-in-law, let's say, uh, or of doing Yibam. So in that sense, they're not related through the father. When it comes to laws dealing with um, uh, relatives and, let's say, Yibam or Arayos or incest, in that sense. However, in the sense of being part of a family of Mishpacha, of being a family and the laws of a family, such as inheritance, and also as a family in terms of having children to with the mitzvah to procreate with regards to that. So then certainly the father is viewed as part of the family. So perhaps that's how you could explain uh, that uh, that contradiction. Okay, let's go on a little bit more. Tashma, the Amar Rabbi Yossi, 
Uh, Rabbi Yossi says another another potential proof. Maisa b'niftaim hager. There was a case with niftaim hager. He was a convert. So he ended up marrying his uh, maternal brother on the mother's side, his maternal brother's wife. So Shimon was married to Rachel. Reuven and Shimon uh, they were uh, they were both converts, and Reuven ended up marrying Shimon's wife after they got divorced or after Shimon died. So they brought this in front of the Chachamim, in front of the rabbis, and they made the following vague statement. They said, there is no such thing as a marriage for a convert. So the Gemara says, I understand. What, what does that mean? A convert can never get married? What, what, kind of, what kind of statement is that? Rather, that's not what they meant. It means certainly they could get married and there's a concept of marriage for a convert. It means that the, the prohibition to marry your brother's wife doesn't apply to a convert because they're ger katan, the, the ger shen is gar katan shen on a biblical level, it's like they're born anew. And there is no rabbinic prohibition when it comes to your brother's wife. There is no rabbinic prohibition. It's completely acceptable. So the Gemara wants to understand, well, what's the case here that we're discussing? My love, denosva ach shuger isn't the case, this seems to be a pretty good proof. Isn't this talking about a case where your brother converted, Shimon converted, your Ruvain, Shimon converted your brother, and then married Rachel, and then Shimon died, or they got divorced. Isn't that the case that we're discussing here? So even though halakhically they were, they were married, Shimon and, and Rachel were married, um, we see that you're allowed to marry your brother-in-law if they were, they were converts. Gemara says, no. Lo denasak shuove kochavim. Shuove kochavim memra. No, the cases where Shimon was not Jewish when he was married to Rachel, he was a non-Jew when he was married uh, to Rachel. He was a non-Jew when he was married to Rachel. Uh, and then, let's say, Shimon and Rachel, let's say then they both convert. Shimon and Rachel both convert. They're both non-Jews. They both convert. But they never got married again. They never had relations again. They never got married again. Uh, Shimon and Rachel after the conversion. So in that case, Reuven certainly could marry Rachel because since they were never married as Jews, so then Reuven and Rachel could get married. The Gemara wants to know, well, that's obvious. Why, why are you teaching that to me? It's obvious Shimon, when Shimon was married to Rachel as, uh, as non-Jews, that's, uh, that wouldn't impact Reuven who is, who, who is Jewish. And they were never married when they were Jewish. Uh, so the answer is, is that no, maybe you might have thought that we should still say there's a prohibition. Since, according to this opinion, there's a prohibition for uh, a a convert to marry his sister-in-law because we weren't sure, but according to this uh, this perspective, there is a prohibition for a brother to marry his sister-in-law, um, even if there's a, there, even if he's a convert. So you might have thought that that you know what? Because we want to make sure that people don't get confused, we'll say you're not even allowed to marry your sister-in-law in a case where it was your sister-in-law when your brother was married to her as a non-Jew. Even in that case. Just because we don't want to get confused and say, you know what, you're never allowed to marry any sister-in-law that you have. Even if they were married as non-Jews, you're also not allowed to marry that sister-in-law. That's what you might have thought. That's why this Bryce is coming to tell you, this story is coming to tell you that no, we don't apply that. It's true, you're not a, a convert can't marry his sister-in-law if they were married as Jews, if his brother was married to his sister-in-law as Jews. But if they were married as non-Jews, so then there would not be such a prohibition. Okay, we are in the middle of Tzadi Chesem and 98a, and we will continue... Uh, with this Gemara and this topic in the next recording.